Welcome to Christian Faith Center. We're a church that meets in multiple locations. If you'd like to know more about our church, just head to our website, experiencecfc.com. Thanks for joining us. Come on, how many are excited about that? God is good. Come on, just take a moment and give the Lord a huge hand. He is so faithful. We are so excited about what God is doing and and so grateful to God that he is faithful to do what he leads us into. How many are thankful if God leads you into something, he's going to provide for it? And uh, it is always exciting to step out in faith and see how God comes through on our behalf. Ten cities, 10,000 decisions for Christ. And we are so excited to see what God does in Middleton, Idaho. You know, this is not the first time we've had a miracle like this happen. Matter of fact, this is how we were able to get into the city of Caldwell. And I look now at the adoption of Living Waters, the relaunch of CFC Caldwell, and I look what God is doing now. Our Caldwell location is one of the premier churches in Caldwell, Idaho, with hundreds of people giving their lives to the Lord every single year. And I can't wait to see how God uses Christian Faith Center Middleton to reach that community. And I'll, I'll leave you with this thought. Could it be that God is already preparing the hearts of people, families, people are going to come to faith, families are going to be saved, marriages are going to be restored, lives are going to be transformed because we had the faith to believe God for one more city. How many know it's not about a number, it's about names. It's about the people Jesus died for. And so we're so excited uh, to, to step into that. And so if you live in Middleton, if, uh, if you know people that live in Middleton, be inviting them uh, to come be a part of the interest meeting on March 19th, 3 p.m. right here. And uh, we're so excited to cast some vision for that new location and uh, see all that God does. Well, grab your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 22, and we're going to dive right into the Word of God today. I'm excited about this brand new series, Everyday Overflow, Everyday Overflow. And uh, we're going to be talking about how powerful what is inside of us is, that what is inside of us overflows to the world around us. And it's going to be a very practical series on biblical principles that will help us overflow the life of God to the world around us. Matthew chapter 22 is where I want to start today. And again, the heart of the series is helping us live healthy lives that overflow into the world around us. It always breaks my heart when people live on every day empty. (laughs) Come on, how many know God wants us to live in every day overflow, not every day empty? And so uh, these will be some of the most practical and yet powerful spiritual weekends as we unpack these kingdom principles that will help us overflow. Everybody shout overflow. Matthew chapter 22 giving you all the time I can. We're going to start in verse 34, and we're going to read through verse 40 together, and then we'll pray. You ready? But he shout yes when you found it. Yeah. All right, verse 34 says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. And one of them, who was an expert in religious law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher... Which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And a second is equally important. Everybody say equal. Equal. This will kind of mess you up if you think about it. 
This is the first and the greatest, and the second is equally important. To love your neighbor as yourself. To love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Would you pray with me? And let's ask the Lord to prepare our hearts for his word today. Father, we love you so much. And we thank you, God, that your word is powerful and it always does what you send it to do. And I thank you even now, God, your word has power to speak to us, to bring change, transformation, and life to each and every one of us. And Lord, so much of that is dependent on the soil of our heart. And so I pray right now that every heart would be ready to receive the power that is contained within your word today. May we be bigger, better, and more like Jesus because of the word of God that's preached to us. In your great name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Hey, I want to give you a handful of things to write down today. I would encourage you to jot these down and whatever the Lord might inspire, lay on your heart to take away from this place today, write those things down. But the first thing I want to get into your heart today is this. I want to talk to you about priorities. I want to talk to you about priorities. Priorities, they reveal what is truly important to us. Priorities reveal what is truly important important to us. See, occasionally we need to reevaluate our priorities. It's important to occasionally take a step back and reevaluate. Are we aligned to the things that are most important in our lives? Because whether we realize it or not, our priorities reveal something. They reveal something. More than cause, they reveal. Our priorities reveal what is important to us in life. Every now and again, um, whatever, travel or just life. The other day I was wrestling with my boys and uh, one, one of my kids was kicking me in the side and the other ran over and just full-blown body slammed right on my spine. And, uh, and I heard something pop and there was a little yell and I said, all right, we're done. You guys won today. And, uh, and how many know every once in a while you just got to go visit the chiropractor. You just got to go get an alignment because some stuff got out of whack, you know. Sometimes, whether it's your children or, or work or life or whatever, it can just, it can kind of hit you and get you out of alignment a little bit. And every once in a while, you need to get aligned. I always tell my chiropractor, I say, you know what? You're a lot like Jesus. I come in wrong and I leave right. Come on. And, uh, and so every once in a while, you need an alignment. It's important. We, we, don't, we don't do this nor align. Listen, it's important when we evaluate that we don't do this by what we look at or what we think is priority. We do this by looking at what we treat as priority. It's not what we think is important, it's what we treat as important that really matters the most in life. Because you can know something in theory should be priority, but in actuality not live it out. Or you can have something in you, even where you would say, this obviously is the most important. But if you were to actually look at your everyday life, those things are not actually important in our actions. I think this is why the scripture encourages us not just to be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. I don't think we have a hearing problem as much as we have a doing problem. Come on, somebody. Matter of fact, the founder of McDonald's, Mr. Ray Croc, he was asked by a reporter one time about his order of priorities. And this is what Ray Kroc said. He said, I believe in God, my family, and then McDonald's. But then he added, but when I get to the office, I reverse the order. <laughs> he knew in his mind there should be a priority. 
But in the way he lived his life, he realized there was a reverse of what he knew should be in place in his everyday life. And as I was praying this week, I felt like the Lord spoke to me fresh through a parable that I've read a hundred times. But I want to unpack this with you. Luke chapter 14, Luke chapter 14, starting in verse 15, Jesus tells a story. And in this story, there's some great kingdom truth. Luke 14, starting in verse 15, the Bible says, hearing this, a man sitting at the table with Jesus exclaimed, what a blessing it will be to attend a banquet in the kingdom of God. And Jesus, he replied with this story. He said, a man prepared a great feast and sent out many invitations. And when the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. But they all began making excuses. Everybody say excuses. One of them, and listen to these excuses, it's hilarious. One of them said, hey, I just bought a field and I need to go look at it. I need to go inspect it. Please excuse me from the invitation. And another said, hey, hey, I just bought five pair of oxen and I want to actually go try them out. Please excuse me from the invitation. Another said, hey, I, I just got married, so I can't come. And the servant returned and told his master all they had said. And the master was furious and he said, go quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And after the servant had done all this, he reported, there is still room for more people. And so his master said, then go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge everyone that you find to come so that the house will be full for none of those I first invited will even get the smallest taste of my banquet. Now I wanna boil this down to something because the reality is, is Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God. There was a great invitation into spiritual, there was a spiritual invite that's happening. Jesus is inviting people into spiritual realities and instead of them going, absolutely, yes, I want in. I want into what God is doing. I want into spiritual realities and invitations. They made excuses instead of stepping into opportunities. Instead of adjusting their priority to receive spiritual blessing, they actually made excuses. Here's what I found. I found that excuses are the enemy of godly priorities. Excuses are the enemy of godly priorities. It reminded me of a, of a quote by the great preacher Charles Spurgeon. Nobody can say it like Charles Spurgeon. As a matter of fact, if you don't like this, just remember I didn't say it, Charles Spurgeon did. Charles Spurgeon, he said, hope doesn't even begin until excuses end. Excuses are curses. And when you have no excuses left, there will be hope for you. Isn't that a powerful quote from Charles Spurgeon? I love that he just addresses it outright. They, these people, they made excuses and the excuses that they made actually fell into three categories. Now, how many know that the Bible might not have been written to you, but it was written for you? It was written for you. And the Bible is timeless. It's almost like God knew what he was doing. Come on, somebody. And the same things that were relevant to people then that Jesus was dealing with are relevant to us now. 
Matter of fact, I would say the, the type of excuses that Jesus was dealing with in the lives of people are the same categories that we deal with in our lives now. As a matter of fact, let me bring this into modern vernacular because all three of these categories are as relevant today as they've ever been. Number one, this person said that they bought a field. He's talking about possessions. The second person said, hey, I bought some oxen and I need to go test them out. Well, oxen were used for work. In other words, he says, I got business stuff to deal with. I got to go check these out, make sure they till the ground the way I need them to till the ground. And the third had just gotten married. This speaks to family. So these categories of possessions, work, and family are the same things that we predominantly deal with today. These are common things every one of us has to figure out how to deal with in life. Matter of fact, each one of these are common temptations for us to get too focused or give too much uh, of, our, of our focus to and neglect the things that actually bring health to our lives. See, possessions, they're great, but they make poor priorities. They're temporal and they're depreciating. They're temporal and they're depreciating. Jesus talked about this a whole lot. He actually encouraged us not to put too much focus on the things of this earth where he said, moth and rust destroy. He said other things would actually be a better priority for us. See, work is not a bad thing at all. As a matter of fact, work is a good thing. Work is holy and work is good, but it makes a terrible master to build our lives upon. We should all have a value for work, especially men. Can I just say, men, you were not made for video games. You were made for work. There's nothing wrong with video games intrinsically, but if you're doing it in the place of work, there's a problem. We were made to work. We were made to feel good about our work. We were made to be blessed by God in our work. Matter of fact, every marriage I've ever done, I lay hands on the man and I pray that God would bless and favor his hands in all the work that he does. Work is holy and work is good. A man is dangerous without work. Work is holy and it's good, but it's a terrible master to build our lives around. You know, families, they're vital. Families are important. If we can save the family, we can save the world. And the family, by the way, starts with mom and dad. <laughs> if you can save marriages, you can transform communities. If you can build healthy couples, you can transform families. They're important, but many people have made an idol out of their families. They made an idol out of their families. We can't prioritize God. We can't do the things even we've been called to do because we've made our families number one over everything else. What is priority to us will actually be priority to our families. And this is important because our children are watching what we do. They're watching what we do. They're watching to see what is most important to you. They want to see, is work everything? They want to see, is stuff your whole world? They want to see, a lot of kids believe the whole world revolves around them. They think they're the center of the whole universe. And then we're surprised that they get to college and it beats the life out of them. They're like, oh my gosh, the world doesn't revolve around me. And then they struggle. 
when they realize that there's actually other things that are meant to be a priority for us. This is important for us to understand because, and I want you to write this down, number two, I'm going somewhere with this. Priorities establish a foundation in our lives. They establish a foundation. Listen carefully to the words of Christ in this passage. He gives us instruction for the order of things in our lives. He says, the first and the greatest commandment is to love God with all that you are. He says, this is the first and the greatest. It's a constant throughout scripture because it's a building block for life. Matter of fact, let me read you a couple other scriptures. Matthew chapter six, verse 33. This is what Jesus says. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be what? Will be what? They'll be added unto you. In other words, if you seek first God, it becomes a foundation for other things to be added to you. God is not scared of you having things, nor is God opposed to things. Read your Bible. Heaven is gonna be full of extravagant things. God's not worried about you having things, but he is worried about your things being the foundation in which you build your life on. Seek first the kingdom of God and all the things can be added unto you. And I love that the Bible actually says, shall be added unto you. So there's blessing and promise in this passage, but can I also say it's instructional. They can be added to you safely because the right foundation is there. Listen to Exodus chapter 20, verse three. And I love this, just a good old fashioned Old Testament exhortation. He says, you shall have no other gods before me. Before me. It's foundation. It's foundation. Now, most of us are not going home and bowing to an idol. Come on, somebody. Right? But a lot of us go home to a foundation that is not God. And God is trying to teach us to establish healthy foundations in our lives to love and prioritize the Lord, and then we begin looking at ourselves and others. So God's order, God's order looks like this. It looks like God first, and everything else is built upon that foundation. This is the order of our lives. So this is what Jesus is trying to say is that we're being invited into kingdom realities that are so vital for us. And these are the same things that we deal with today, right? We're dealing with work, we're dealing with family, we're dealing with possessions and the stuff in our lives. All of these things are still here. They were true for the people directly around Jesus and they're true for us today. And what Jesus is saying is this, He's saying that if we seek first the kingdom of God and God is priority in our lives, then the other things actually have a good foundation to be on. And see, I actually think that a lot of times we struggle because we, we're looking for balance today. We're trying to balance these things in our lives. We're trying to get all the stuff in our hands and we're trying to pick it all up and a lot of us are living life and we're trying to do this and we wonder, this is not working. It's, it's just not working for me. 
it's too much for me to do on my own. And, and, and then we're trying to figure out, oh, we got to drop some balls here. And oh gosh, I got this going on with, with you know, I got to deal with this. And I got something going on at work right now. And we're always dropping the ball. And God says, there's a foundation for your life. That if you will get this one thing right, it creates a solid foundation for everything else to be built on. Because balance is an illusion. You're not going to be able to balance everything in your life. Balance is a unicorn. It's cool in theory, but it doesn't exist in real life. Right? And so the idea is not balance always. The idea is that we would get to a place where we have a strong enough foundation where priority can kick in. So we have a solid foundation, but if I've got something going on with something I have, it can be priority, but it has a foundation to sit on. If there's something going on with work or ministry or whatever it is, I I, I have a foundation for it to sit on. I can give it a priority. My family, there may be seasons where you really need to make family a priority in your life, but if God is first, it'll have a healthy foundation for it to sit on. All of these things are important. What we run into that's a struggle is when we get rid of this. And we begin to think that all the other things are more important. This is vital, but it can easily become an idol. And I want you to see this because God will be second to none. And, And it's not God that gets hurt it's not God that becomes unstable when, our, when we're out of balance. It's us. Many people are trying to live their life like this. And we wonder why our life never is solid spiritually. Because we're building on a cracked foundation. We're building on something that was never supposed to be built on. It was never supposed to be here first and then the foundation of God in my life. And so we live our lives and we're constantly trying to figure out, well, that didn't work and that was unstable. So you know what? My family, I'm just going to, let me just, let me try work instead. And then that doesn't become fulfilling. So we're like, well, I got to add a little God in there. What we don't realize is that work is even more unstable than our family. And we last for a little bit and then we wonder why our passion for God dies and why everything else is off the table. Well, friends, they were never meant to be built on. They were meant to be added to. We were never meant to start with the other things and then sprinkle a little bit of Jesus into our life and hope that we experience the abundant life that God has. No, he's trying to get this into our hearts that we seek the Lord our God first, that we prioritize God in all of his goodness, in all of his strength. And when we have the right foundation, we have everything we need to build on. We have everything we need to put the other pieces on. They can be whatever we need them to be because we have the right foundation. And so friends, it's important for us to understand that we can make changes to our life. You are not at the mercy of however you've been operating. You don't have to stay where you've been. You don't have to be do, you don't have to keep doing things the way you've been doing things. Priority establishes stability in our lives. 
And when these elements are in the wrong order, instability is the result. See, many people suffer from instability because we've not built our lives around the right priority. You might have great friends, but your friends cannot be your number one priority lest you become unstable. You might have a great family, but your family cannot be your number one priority lest you become unstable. And by the way, anytime I talk about this, I always feel the air go out of the room. Let me just say something. I have never one time seen a family suffer from people who put God first. But guess what? Dozens, maybe even hundreds of times I've seen families suffer because God was not first. The best thing you could do for your children is to show them that they are not number one in your life, God is. Now I tell my boys, it's Jesus and you guys. Sometimes I hugged my son the other day and I said, buddy, he said, dad, I love you. And I said, buddy, you're the most important thing in my life. And he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, I'm not. Jesus is. And I said, well, yeah, there's that. Jesus is. But buddy, you're right there. You're right there. You're right there. Stability. He's a firm foundation. He's the rock we build our lives on. You might have a great family, but if your family is your foundation, you're unstable. All of these things can be adjusted for the season of your lives as long as the foundation is right. There are times where my family is by far, I've got to cancel all kinds of other things. There are times work, ministry, other things have to shift in a season. There are times I've got to deal with other things attached to my life. All those things can be readjusted on the regular if the foundation is right. But you can't build on them. Many people live their lives for years like this and they wonder why they don't feel stable and they don't feel grounded and they wonder why their faith wanes and they're always tipping over. But see, when priorities are out of order, we're unstable, but when godly priorities are in place, stability is the result. So how's our foundation today? How's our foundation? I've got great news for you. You can adjust and reorder your life into alignment with God's design. Matter of fact, let me give you just a few things that I think are important for us. These are practical ways all of us can walk away and begin, to, and begin to make God a priority in our life. And it's funny, I actually posted online and I said, hey, what are practical ways all of you make God a number one priority in your life? And all of these were crowdsourced from our church, but they're all true biblically. Because there's not just one way. There's many practical ways that we do this. But let me give you a few things. Number one, you can begin to give God the best part of each day in prayer and Bible reading. God's gonna speak to you through his word. God's gonna speak to you in prayer. But you can begin to give the best part of each day. I say the best part because some of you are the least spiritual when you wake up in the morning. And you're the most spiritual when you get the kids to bed. Okay, so whatever the best part is, give it to God in prayer and Bible reading. We give it to Netflix or we give it to God. Come on, somebody. We give it to Instagram or we give it to God. But it's being given to something. And that something produces something in our lives. Number two, begin to tithe the first 10% of all of your income or increase. It's one of the most profound ways that we can say, God, you're number one. It's easy to say you're number one, but are, is God number one in all these areas? We joke oftentimes that the moments after singing in worship is actually more of an indication of worship than when we're singing. Because our checkbook is actually one of the greatest indicators of priorities, much more than our mouths. Come on, that's good. Begin to tithe. How about this? Start each week by worshiping in God's house on Sunday mornings. I know I'm preaching to the choir. But there's something about firsts. 
There's something about saying, God, I prioritize what you want to do in my life. I prioritize your word and your people and what you're doing in the kingdom of God. And we start each week that way. Don't you love that? I love that in the Old Testament, Sabbath was on, a, was on Saturday, but when Jesus rose from the dead, they called it Resurrection Sunday. The church began gathering on Sunday, the first day of the week. Because in the New Testament, how many know we live our lives from a place of rest and worship, not the other way around? We're going to talk about that. Have one day, here's another one, have one day in your week that feels like rest to you and give God thanks for it. Give God thanks for it. Number five, remove apps on your phone that consume your life to the point, to the point you cannot prioritize God. Practical, practical. Number six, we, we can turn static times like driving or waiting, working out in the gym into worship moments where we're growing and learning, taking in worship music. And there's so many different ways we can do that. But we can, it's, it's, again, it's not what we think, it's what we do. And we want to prioritize God in a real way, amen? We want to prioritize God in a real way. So we can choose today to start building our lives God's way. Everybody shout priorities. Priorities, priorities are vital. There's the old adage, change isn't change until there's... Change. Let me try this side because this side... Needs coffee in Jesus. Change isn't change until there's change. change. So we, we can change. I want you to know you have the power to make adjustments in your life. You have, if you feel unstable, if you feel like, like, like you, you catch wind for a little while and then you cycle through the same things again and again, perhaps, perhaps doing the same thing over and over again is not what you need to do in this next season. Perhaps we need to check the foundation in our lives. Perhaps we need to look at what everything is being built on to see if it's even able to sustain the life God's calling us into. I wanna give you this third thought today. Priorities determine what overflows from our lives. Again, we're talking about everyday overflow. And I'm, I'm really setting the tone for this series today because the reality is, is all of our lives are overflowing. All of our lives are overflowing to the world around us. None of you have a carbon neutral impact on the world. Come on, somebody. None of you have an energy neutral. None of you have, none of you have a positivity neutral. None of you have, you're not neutral. You're adding something into the world around you. And we want to live a life that, that overflows to the world around us. We don't want to be every day empty. We want to every day overflow. We don't, we don't wanna, we don't wanna every day uh, overflow the wrong things either. We wanna overflow the life of God to the world around us. So I want you to see this because Jesus teaches on this. He says, the second is equally important. So he says, you gotta love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, all of it. You gotta take your strength to God. You gotta give all of your being to God. You gotta, you, you gotta put God first, but then he says, he, he says the unthinkable. He says, the second is equally important. You want to love your neighbor as you love yourself. This is an interesting thing because the directive he gives us is to love others, love others as you love you. So I want you to see something here because I think what's missing in this is often what's missing in a lot of our lives. Because God doesn't leave you out of this. As a matter of fact, what's missing here is what a lot of us haven't thought about in too long. It's us. 
How many know we are a part of the equation of our own lives? And in our, in our busyness and our spirituality to put God first and take care of all the other things in our life, we can actually misinterpret God's will for us. See, the, there, is, there are some laws regarding love. And one of the laws of love is that you cannot, over the course of your life, love others or God if you don't love you. So Jesus teaches that loving God is so vital with all that you are, but the second is equally important. You want to love others as you love yourself. Jesus equates this. I would actually submit to you that you cannot love other people more than you love you. That it's your care for your own soul and your value of who God made you to be that actually gives value to others. A lot of people have a low view of other people because they have a low view of themselves. A lot of people have a negative view toward the world around them because they have a negative view toward themselves. A lot of people don't think other people are valuable and they don't give honor because there's not first honor given to who God's made you to be. Friends, I want you to know that holiness is not the neglect of self. It's not unspiritual to prioritize your health. It's not unspiritual to love who God made you to be. In, in the world we live in, personal health is one of the most needed focuses in the lives of people. We are one of the most stressed out, come on somebody, anxious, tired adult demographics that have ever lived. And so one of the biggest challenges to health is the lack of margin in our lives. It's the lack of margin. I call this the principle of the red line. Now I'm a person that likes to drive fast. I am, I like the red zone. I, I really do. That's, that's where the fun happens. And I remember I had this car, stage two turbo, all this stuff, it was awesome. It was the worst financial decision I ever made in my entire life. But I had this amazing car and I drove it like it was made to be driven. Come on, somebody. I kept the needle in the red all the time. The problem was, the problem was, that thing started to blow out on me. First it was the valves and then it was third gear and then it was all kinds of other things. And I realized something, I realized that even the best of machines are not designed to live in the red zone all the time. And can I just say, even the highest capacity people are not designed to live in the red zone all the time. There is a principle of margin that is so important to our lives. Like an engine, our lives are designed to run well to a certain point. But if you're living 80, 90, 100%, 105% all the time, many of us live our whole lives in the red zone. There's no margin. And so when any little thing happens in our life, our whole world blows up. The proverbial straw that broke the camel's back is every little thing that happens. I watched this video the other day and this guy went through a drive-thru in McDonald's and they like forgot his fries and he like hurled a milkshake through the drive-thru at this poor like 16 year old girl in the drive-thru line. And I'm going, that was not about French fries. Come on somebody. How many know nine times out of 10, what triggered you, it wasn't about any of that. It was the fact we've been living at 100% for weeks before that thing happened. And it was just the, the straw that broke the camel's back. It was the thing that sets you off today. Not because of that event, but because there was no margin. And so I want you to catch this, friends. It is impossible to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and your mind if your heart, soul, and mind have 
no margin. If there's nothing left, what can we give to God? See, a lack of margin will cause our soul to grow weary. And it will keep us from giving ourselves to the one person that can actually transform our lives. The trap of busyness, of maximum capacity, is the greatest trap impacting us today. A lack of margin makes you tired. Priority tells you what stays and what goes so that margin can be restored. Friends, if everything is important, nothing is important. That's worth writing down. So how do you know that margin is missing and priorities need to be adjusted? Let me give you just a couple of things. You're tired all the time. You're tired all the time. You can sleep for 10 hours and wake up exhausted. You can go on vacation twice in a year and come back more burned out than you were before. You're tired. Number two, the important things in your life get neglected. The important things in your life get neglected. Here's the trap of no margin, is that, is that the things that matter most get our worst. Matter of fact, let me just give you the third thing. The people and the things that matter most Get your worst and not your best. I want you to write this down. I just put this in my notes this morning. I felt like the Spirit of God laid this on my heart. When our priorities are out of alignment, it is what is urgent, not what is important, that takes priority. When our priorities are out of alignment, it is what is urgent and not what is important that takes the precedent in our lives. So how much priority are we giving the things that matter? What do we need to let go of? What isn't a priority but is dominating your energy? Y'all remember that terrible kids movie with the snowman? And for like three years, every child in the planet was singing that, let it go. Let it go. I had finally purged that from my spirit. And as I was praying about this message, I was like, oh, the song's coming back to me. God help me. And then I started praying this prayer. Lord, I don't like the song. But may this truth come back to the church. Let it go. If it's keeping you from God, let it go. If it's keeping you from what's the most important, let it go. To every single mom, to every business leader, to every weary man, to every college student, to every anxious human, there is hope. Health is possible. I came to give you permission today. I came to, to encourage you that if everything is a priority, then nothing is a priority. And God is calling us to priorities. You can change your life. You can transform your health. You can build your life upon Christ and let him add all things to you. And this is important. And I want to give you this one final thought and I'm done today. This is important because what is inside of us overflows to the world outside of us. This is important because what is inside of us overflows to the world outside of us. And if it's faith, it overflows. And if it's strength, it overflows. And if it's courage, it overflows. And if it's hope, it overflows. But can I also say if it's anxiety, it overflows. And if it's disappointment, it overflows. And if it's discouragement, it overflows. 
And I want you to know today that God wants to so fill you. He wants to so help you. He wants to so heal you. And he wants to so build your life the right way that your life would overflow the goodness of God, faith, courage, and hope and love to the world around us in a way that we would overflow every day to the world around you. God doesn't want you to live in every day empty. Come on, somebody. He wants you to live in every day overflow. I'm gonna end with this scripture in John chapter seven, verse 37 and 38. And Jesus, he stands up in the midst of a great festival and it says on the last day at the climax of the festival, Jesus stood and he shouted to the crowds, anyone who is thirsty may come to me and anyone who believes in me may come and drink. For the scriptures declare rivers of living water will flow from his heart. Rivers of living water will flow from his heart. And I want you to know something, that God's desires to so fill your life, to so cause you to overflow, that you would make a great impact on the world around you. God doesn't want us to be springs, come on, of weariness springs of anxiety, springs of discouragement. He wants us to be springs of faith, springs of power, springs of hope to the world around us. He wants your life to overflow the goodness of God. And I believe God's speaking to some of us today. Some of us just need to go home and we need to make some adjustments. But some of us today, we need to drink deeply from God. We need to allow him to come into every arena of our lives. We're thirsty. Some of you are here and you're so thirsty. And you've been trying to fill that void with everything else in your life. And I'm here to tell you, there is a hole inside your life that you can't fill with work and you can't fill with stuff and you can't even fill it with family. You can't even fill it with self-care. Listen, if God is first, then, you'll, then, the, then prioritize your health. But there's even been an idol of self-care. And we've treated ourselves to the point where we're empty, but we're on vacation all the time. I want you to know something, that if God is first in your life, everything else can be added unto you. And some of you have tried it all, and it's empty. It's left you more thirsty than you were before, more disappointed than you were before. And I want you to know something today. He's the God that satisfies He's the God that can meet your need. He's the God that can fill that space. He's the God that so wants to establish your life that all the other, the business in your heart, he can hold it. The family in your heart, he can sustain it. The relationships in your life, he can platform it. But it's making God the center of it all that postures you to be who God has made you to be. I want you to stand all across the room. Our prayer teams are gonna come forward and be in the altar right now. But I wanna pray for you today. I wanna pray for you today. We're gonna have people in the, in the altar space here that would love to pray with you, to speak life over you. If you're sick in your body, we'll do what the Bible says. We'll anoint you with oil. We'll pray the prayer of faith over your life and we'll believe God for an absolute miracle. But I believe that today, God's trying to get a hold of many of our hearts because whether we even realized it or not, we've been building on something that was not a firm foundation. And today I believe God's calling many of us to put him first, to make him the foundation of everything else we build our lives on, to even come to a place where we say, God, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry that I've made something else first and I put you at the base. I put you at the center. I make you the foundation of everything else that I build upon. And I trust you to hold it all because I don't wanna just sing you're worthy of it all. And I don't wanna just sing you're a firm foundation, but I wanna live like it. I wanna make you the everything that everything else sits on. And if you're here today, and you just say, Pastor Jordan, that's me. Would you just pray for me? I need to make a faith decision. I need to make an eternal, an internal and an eternal shift to make Jesus the foundation of everything else in my life. I need him to hold it all because what's holding it all is not holding it all right now. I need stability. I need a foundation. I need God to touch me in a powerful way. I need to give my life to Jesus. Whatever that looks like, I wanna ask you, what do you need to respond to God today? I'm gonna count to three. And on the count of three, if you just say, Pastor Jordan, that's me, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand and I'm gonna pray for you today. And then we're gonna sing this song and I'm gonna ask you just to realign your heart. I'm gonna ask you to get that chiropractic adjustment in your life today so that you can leave here and live the overflowing life that God has for you, amen? God loves you. One, two, three. If that's you, would you just raise your hands all across the room? And I just wanna pray the blessing of God. Come on, raise them high, raise them high. I wanna pray that God would speak to you. Our worship team's gonna lead us as we get ready to conclude. But I wanna pray for you today. Maybe some of you are giving your life to Christ. Maybe some of you are making adjustments in your spirit. But I just wanna pray today that this would be a time of alignment, that we would leave here an overflow, not because of what we're doing, but because of who we're standing on. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I see shifts in the spirit, shifts in our lives. Father, thank you that you're bringing us into alignment. And I pray right now for every person here that's responding. I pray that they would leave here today readjusting their lives, reorganizing their lives. We declare you number one. We declare you our foundation and we worship you, God. We repent of making other things first and we make you the greatest. We make you first and we ask, Lord, that you would become the foundation of our lives. Build everything else on top of it. We put you first today in Jesus' mighty name and everybody shouted amen amen come on just sing this one more time just sing 